Hello friends, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus, this Bible study that I believe is going to be a blessing to you today. We pray that you will open your heart and open your Bible with us today as we gather around the Word of God. We know there are those of you that are especially interested in our Bible study, short by my standard of short, 30-minute studies in the Word of God sequentially that we can continue a thought and try to glean out of it that that we need to know, to understand, and apply to our life today. So, Father, I just thank you for this privilege, this opportunity once again to utilize the media to reach people uh, far beyond the realm of our influence of our church here in Tampa, but our congregation uh, stands behind us that we might do this supports us and others have sent in without solicitation support that we might be able to reach out we have we have this glorious opportunity and lord we just thank you for it we thank them for it we're workers together with you for this great great work of spreading your word this holy seed and father i thank you bless the word of god today help me lord to minister accurately and under your strong anointing. (laughs) Holy Spirit, come and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to be talking about a brand new subject, and I, I pray that you will stay with us for all of the studies under this category of sufficient in God's sufficiency. Sufficient in God's sufficiency. And it's out of, uh, uh, we're going to read from Philippians uh, chapter 4, 11 through 13. 11 through 13. Listen to it carefully. It simply says, and this is the Apostle Paul, after he has he's prayed for something to be taken from him that seemingly began to weaken him to the point of an just hanging on to God with everything that he had and everything that he is. Have you ever been in a place when you knew in your heart of hearts because of the continuing pressure problem, temptation, situation, crisis in your life that you had to hang on to God with everything you had in faith. And that is probably when you felt the most vulnerable and the weakest. But in spiritual reality, that is when you qualified for God's help, God's strength, God's grace, mercy, love, all that he offers you when you're in that condition and realize just how much you need him. So listen to how Paul responded after being in that condition. And he said in Philippians 4 11 through 13, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. What a lesson. What a lesson. You you don't learn that from listening to me teach on this. You don't learn it from listening to someone preach on this. You don't learn this from reading it in the Word of God. You learn it through life experience with God. But when you're in that condition, the Word of God helps us to understand how we should react 
and how we should respond when we find ourselves at the end of ourselves. We find ourselves feeling vulnerable, feeling overwhelmed. You know, the psalmist of old said, when, not if, but when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For thou, O Lord, has been a refuge for me. Praise God. And a place for me to go to, to hide myself and, and overcome these enemies that are surrounding me. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For thou, O Lord, has been a refuge for me and a hiding place from my enemies. Friend, I want you to know today that when he said those words, he wasn't asking for someone to come along and, and encourage him in the Lord. He was asking for the Lord himself to encourage him. He was speaking vertically to God and not horizontally to any person. There are times when you have good people and need them to point you to God, but ultimately, you and I, we must put our trust in the Lord personally and individually. Listen to verse 12. Paul said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. You know, that means to be a base. That means I can, I can, I don't have to build a reputation. I don't have to be applauded by anyone. I have God's calling, God's appointing, God's anointing. I'm not looking for man's approval. It's wonderful to have an amen when you preach. I'm going to say that. It's wonderful to have a hand clap when you're done. But with or without it, God will move if we will not be trying to build a reputation. And if something happens to humble us, it puts us in a better position for God's power to be upon us and his grace to sustain us. He said, I know how to be abased. And that's a hard lesson to learn because, you know, you have to get rid of pride. You have to cast down this, this in, 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 inert, uh, flesh uh, attitude uh, to be recognized and applauded but that is not always going to be the case so he said i know how to be abased and i know how to abound and it takes a lot of grace to know how to be blessed and not become self-sufficient and self-confident and self-exalting oh friend of mine we need to know how to be abased and we need to know how to abound and stay humble and dependent upon the Lord. He said everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I like what Matthew Henry comments on this statement of the great Apostle Paul. He said, Christ which strengtheneth me denotes a present and continued act. It's not just Jesus doing something, you see, for that moment of need. But Jesus doing something for every moment is what we really need. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's that, that, uh, that grace 
resting upon us, not just coming upon us, that strength abiding within us and not just taking us through and 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 then leaving us until the next time we're in dire need. It's not a one-time event, but a continual day-to-day, moment-to-moment occurrence because of our continual day-to-day, moment-to-moment dependence upon Him. I do like the Amplified. It said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Oh, friend of mine, today, the real point where power is not of ourselves, but it's truly of God, is that point when we recognize our weakness, our inability to cope with it, our insufficiency in and of ourself. You know, the Apostle Paul constantly deflected the glory from himself to God. He constantly uh, made statements in Scripture like, not that we're sufficient as of anything of ourselves. In fact, I'm going to read that. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency does not mean self-confidence apart from Jesus Christ, but rather a confidence that His provision for us is adequate for anything we encounter. And this, this, this statement about I can do all things through Christ doesn't mean the charismata, doesn't mean the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. It means coping when life itself becomes uh, so, so absolutely overwhelming to live in this faulty body, in this fallen world, with the persecutions and the problems that are going to occur, that we have to depend on God and God alone. But that is not a bad place to be in. It's, I'm, I'm sorry that you may be in that place. I don't want to be in that place, but life is going to bring me to that place. You know, I have weak flesh. So do you. I live in a faulty body. So do you. I live in a fallen world. So do you. I'm not going to give a lot of credit to the devil except in this statement. I'm not exalting him. I'm acknowledging he exists and he comes against everything that God loves and establishes. He will not prevail, but he is a formidable foe. So I have a faulty body. I live in a fallen world. I have a formidable foe in the devil. That's why the Bible said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Friend, I'm going to tell you, without God's armor, you and I, in and of ourselves, we're insufficient. And that's why we need God's sufficiency. And by the way, His grace is sufficient. His armor is sufficient. Praise God. This mighty sword of the Spirit, the Word of God is sufficient, and the the shield of faith 
is so sufficient, it will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Hallelujah. So we have confidence and boldness because of our sufficiency is of God. We take courage because He is our strength. So that's what we're wanting to talk about and get deeper into in this study. We don't want to just scratch the surface. We want to understand this scripture in its context of of being able to cope with whatever we're going to face in a faulty body, in a fallen world, with a formidable foe. And we have everything we need in Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about three pillars, not pillows, pillars. Don't go to sleep on me. Amen. Three pillars of support. And number one is sufficient grace. Number two is supporting love. And last, not, but not least, but last, sustaining strength. It doesn't start with just power. It starts with love, and it starts with grace, and then the power of God is released in our life when we, because of the sufficiency of His grace and the the support that His love gives us, trust Him even when we feel like we can't hold out or hold on any longer. Oh, friend, you can hold out. You can hold on because God, because of his sufficient grace and supporting love, has a mighty grip on you and me today. And if you will keep your hand, you know, remember the song, put your hand in the hand of the man that still the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. Hallelujah. That's what that's what it means to truly pr- trust in God. It's not to be able to hold so tightly on to him, but to understand, appreciate and appropriate his grip on you. Praise God. Amen. And it begins with the sufficiency of his grace. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 19. Listen to it. And he said unto me, this is when Paul prayed for the problem to go away. Oh, by the way, I want to stop right here and say, I, I, that, that's what I want to happen. I, I will pray that. And, and there will be instances when God will remove the obstacle. Uh, there will be instances when God will calm and speak to the troubled waters and cause the sea to be still in the time of storm. But there will be other times when God will speak to the storm in me that the storm without is creating. And he'll say, peace be still, but not to the storm without, but to the storm that that storm has created in me. And and grant unto me, if I will trust him, like Paul is talking about here, and declare, I can weather this storm. I don't have to have it stop for me to get through it. All I have to do is obtain what God will grant me and you and every one of his children when the storm is raging. And he, when he speaks peace within, it is a peace 
that passes understanding. And it is a peace that not only gives us the strength to endure the storm, but to understand that the storm will one day blow itself out and we will still be standing. And we'll not only be standing, dear friend, we'll be standing taller and stronger because we will have a deeper confidence in his faithfulness to us and his provision and when the next storm comes we'll be well prepared you know the governor of the state of florida said the previous governor of the state of florida during one of the hurricane threats said unto us he said floridians know what to do when these storms, these hurricanes threaten us or are coming right toward us, and we know how to hunker down. Amen. In other words, we're prepared for the storm. We've been through some storms, and we understand. We understand how to prepare for this hurricane. And friend of mine, I want you to know, if you've been through some storms, you understand things that someone that's never faced them yet do not understand. And I believe that we are highly favored and well defended and well provided for to live in a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe and have confidence that no matter what the world, the flesh, or the devil throws at us, that we are more I I love this statement that Paul made. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. There's that underpinning of supporting love that, uh, that is part and parcel of the sustaining strength that we need. But it all starts with sufficient grace. And, and, and so here's what he said to Paul. He said, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, listen to it carefully. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, Paul was so honest. He was so transparent and forthright. He spoke about his own weaknesses and his own inabilities to cope, but he did it in the context of being able to overcome in spite of that because of what God grants us when we recognize our need and we depend wholly upon Him. Oh, friend of mine today, you may feel too weak to go on. And friend, you are in a position right now, right where you are, amen, to call upon the Lord in a way that He will hear without you having this great, bold faith and this great confidence except in Him. He will hear your cry today and He will grant unto you what Paul is talking about. And that is a very sufficient grace. Hallelujah. When God said, my grace, those words involve omnipotence, omniscience, all that God is and has, the possession of all the divine resources, the perfect knowledge of all our human need and the perpetual 
presence of Jesus Christ everywhere with his people. His grace, someone said, and I like this, his grace is exhaustless, absolutely adequate, infallibly unfailing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to say that again. His grace is exhaustless, absolutely adequate, infallibly unfailing. The promise of his presence, therefore, and power gave Paul courage and confidence no matter what he faced. Paul declared it, he declared it was his acknowledgement of his weakness in and of himself that qualified him for Christ's power. He said, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, I'm always suspect when I see someone after all these years of ministry and pastoring that are putting themselves forward as some spiritual giant, some paragon of spiritual power. And, and Paul certainly was both of those things, but he never put himself forward. Not that we are sufficient as of anything in ourselves. In fact, he wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble that we experienced in Asia. How we, he's including himself, this great spiritual giant, paragon of spiritual power, this great man of God with such an anointing and revelation, 13 of the 27 books, if you count the book of Hebrews, which is a little discussion about that, but 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, Paul was picked by God and inspired by God to include his letters. And those epistles of the Apostle Paul, praise God, amen. Listen, friend of mine, today we need to understand The way that God sustains us is getting us to the place of humble dependency. That is where the power flows because it begins with sufficient grace and grace is unmerited favor. We can't show him our great faith. We can't tell him about how how faithful we are. We can't put something up there to qualify us in and of ourself. We have to confess our absolute spiritual bankruptcy without his help and his provisions in our life. Oh, friend of mine, even if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you receive the dunamis, that mighty power of God you still have this power. This treasure is in an earthen vessel, and we still need the grace of God in our life. Amen. We need to acknowledge our weakness. Looking to Jesus will qualify us for God's strength. Second Corinthians 12.10, Therefore I take pleasure in affirmities, in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities. didn't mean it was fun. It didn't mean that, that it didn't hurt Paul. It meant that when these things come, they just help me to stay in that position that the power 
of Christ may rest upon me. In persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I made strong. He looked at trials and tests and hurts and all these things that we wish would never happen to us. But he looked at them as opportunities to trust God with everything. And he said something about his own propensity toward pride that was in his flesh man. Listen, he said, lest I be lifted up above measure because of the many revelations that God gave me. There was given to me God in God's permissive will. There was God didn't send it. Satan did. But but in God's permissive will, that's why he prayed thrice for it to be taken away. Get this thorn in the flesh out of the way. Get this this persecution. Get all of these oppositions out of the way so I can run for Jesus. And he's saying, listen, the only way you can continue to run for me and really be used of me is to recognize your constant, desperate need for me. So there was given me, lest I be lifted up, there was something to keep me humble. There was given to me an emissary, which means a special agent. You know, the devil so feared the anointing and appointing of the Apostle Paul that he picked his very best agent to oppose and sent him his very best demon to tempt him and sent him his very best agitator to bring people against him and sent him and said, you don't do anything else except stop that man any way you can, whether by putting him down and making him feel like nothing or whether by feeding his ego and lifting him up until God resists the pride in him. Oh, but God counteracted this emissary from hell by reminding Paul that all of this is working together to keep you in a position that the power, the true power of Christ may rest upon you. Let me finish this letter to Corinth when Paul opened up He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble that we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself, that we might learn. See, you've got to learn this in life lessons, but these principles I'm giving you in the Word today will help you when those life lessons begin to occur and you can know how to weather that storm even if God doesn't speak peace be still to the storm. He's going to speak peace be still to the storm it creates in your heart and mind. And you can rest in full assurance. This storm is going to pass. And when it does, I'm not going to be a, a, a shipwreck. <laughs> Amen. And, and I, I am going to not be a victim of this storm, but a victor through this storm. And I'm going to stand taller and stronger because of this storm. Praise God. Amen and amen. Let me finish this scripture as we get ready to close this Bible study today. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, 
concerning the trouble that we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself, that we might learn not to trust in ourself, but in God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. In other words, we're not trusting in our ability, uh, even, even with our faith, except it be in the sufficiency of His strength and His grace and His supporting love. Oh, friend of mine, do you see it today? We were overwhelmed. <laughs> and you can hear it echoing the same principle from the psalmist. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For the Lord has been a refuge for me. We do not run from the devil. But when the devil tries to hurt and harm us and tempt us, we run to God. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it for our safety. We do not stand in our own strength, but in the strength that he grants us in Jesus Christ and the strength he grants us by the Holy Spirit and the strength of his sufficient grace today. You may feel like you're, you can't go another step. You may feel very weak and vulnerable today. And I want you to know that you are in a position, if you decide, I will not trust in myself, but in him who has the supernatural power to conquer death itself, has that kind of authority and power. This God is my God. This God is holding me tight with powerful hands. And this God who has such power those hands are nail-scarred. He loves me enough to never, never, never let me go. I am a trophy of His grace. I qualify right now for this power that will sustain me through this storm. And I take courage in my heart because I know because of personal experience, not only does the Word of God declare it, I'm experiencing it. He that is within me is greater than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. And the greater one is a gracious one. And he's a loving one. And he's a living one, and he's a listening one, and he's a lifting one. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And he is with you right where you are today, right in the midst of whatever you're facing. It may feel like he's abandoned you. It may feel like he's sitting aloof in his heaven and you're alone. You are not. He's with you, keeping his promise. When you go through the fire, it won't kindle on you. I'm with you. And when you go through the waters, the flood tides, they will not overwhelm you because I'm with you. And friend, take courage in your heart today. Dare to trust God in your trial. And He will take you through and make you stronger. We love you today. Be sure and come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus.